2: Well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit. Have you been dying to see us live? Then get psyched about the last podcast network country jamboree at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee on June 18th. Jackie, we're not at the Country Bear Jamboree, but I am grinning like a possum eating a sweet tater because we'll have all your favorite LPN family out and performing live, including Last Podcast on the Left, Page 7, Wizard and the Bruiser, No Dogs in Space, Brighter side, fraudsters. Someplace underneath, the story must be told, and more. Tickets available now. Again, that's the Ryman Auditorium on June 18th in Nashville, Tennessee. The last podcast network, Country Jamboree. Get down with the river down. got whiplash from this episode between how much I hated it and how much I loved it. <laughs> I have never yelled so much during an episode of Riverdale of one that I actually technically enjoyed. This this
3: was a head scratcher for sure, because it had some things <laughs> that we have been calling
2: for. And clamoring for her. it had uh, up in the queer, yes, please. yes, giving us more kisses, okay, absolutely yeah. queer kisses, yes, some resolution
3: to certain storylines, okay, Plots. great, all right. Yet I was like annoyed most of the episode. So how do yes. I square the why? Why did why were we
2: so annoyed? I was so my face. I thought it was going to be stuck in a permanent. Uh, Grimace is the word. (laughs) I growled a couple of times while I watched it. This episode, yes, remember at the end of last episode, they were like, yeah, we should do like a serial killer con. So that's what this episode was. It was the serial killer convention that the town of Riverdale is putting on. A.K.A. Slaughter Con. Slaughter Con. And in this Den of Geek article that I look at... um. The person that does recaps to remind my brain, they are also asking, where are our SlaughterCon t-shirts and how do we get one? I (laughs) wish that they sold them. And if they did, I would certainly purchase one. Yeah, I've never been like
3: into serial killers person, but I like the idea of becoming a person who's really into fictional serial killers. You know, like I'm yes. really into TBK, but I don't know,
2: know anything about BT. You know, and this is what but we now know so much more. I guess we don't know any more about the trash bag killer. What we do know is that it was a genuinely creepy end. This is what like there this episode had genuinely creepy parts. Yeah. And one thing that I need everyone to know, this was a fake. Musical episode, I feel. Bullshit musical episode. This was slightly more musical than a regular Riverdale episode. Like,
3: okay, when you have a show that- slightly. Like, one out of every three episodes has a musical performance in it. So if you're going to call something a musical at that point, you're going to want the whole thing to feel like a musical. This was just a Riverdale episode that had like- what four songs
2: in it like not even that many yes and very important note that it was not brought up by anyone in the episode which i did not know that the american psycho musical was actually adapted for the stage like the book was adapted for the stage by roberto aguirre sacasa who is the showrunner of riverdale what so that that dude was hawking his own bullshit. That's which called you know self plagiarism. <laughs> it's l-
3: <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not plagiarism if it's you're referencing <laughs> it, but what we call it very self referential. Wow, that's so yes. what a bizarre
2: little nugget there that you yes. <laughs> You know, I've got I got a couple of nuggets for us <laughs> today. I have found out a couple of things about Riverdale, which the other nugget I guess I'll drop later on about the writers of Riverdale that I found out this weekend. So... We'll get there, but that's a little nugget dangle I've got (laughs) for you before we start talking about SlaughterCon. So, of course, where is SlaughterCon happening? At the casino, where everything happens. Of course, they got to do it at the casino. There's so much. If you think a normal Riverdale episode has a lot, this one has unions, bachelorette parties, (laughs) curses, um, a musical episode. There's murder. There's more... um, joining up of vaginal forces, very into <laughs> that. I still do not trust Agent Drake with the life of me.
3: Yeah, that more than ever. And and another thing that this episode has that I love that Riverdale does sometimes is two characters absolutely hating each other's guts and then doing a musical number together like 10 seconds later. And that is what I really, really enjoyed about this episode.
2: Squeeze me, please. Reprimand me if I am wrong, MJ. But isn't Kevin currently sucking Percival Pickens' penis? Why is he the lead in the American Psycho musical at SlaughterCon?
3: I'm sorry. Kevin has become somehow, forgive me, the worst character on Riverdale. Like yes! he is a fucking shell of a man. He has no personality. He has nothing grounding him. He has no consistent plot points. Like he has zero, like literally zero, at least art, whatever. You know we, how we feel about Archie here at Riverdale Roundup, but at least Archie, say what you will about him. He's a consistent character. He is
2: working for those unions. <laughs> I tell is. you what. He cares
3: about Still. two things. He cares about his dead father and he cares about union organizing. About the
2: union. Whoa. Is that consistent from season
3: to season? no dead father yes unions are just a th- there is some writer in that thing. writer's room that I want to thank
2: for their- someone brought up to me I, uh, a friend of mine brought up to me recently remember when Archie thought he was being courted by the FBI I was like Oh shit, yeah. remember when he was like an undercover FBI agent for a season? Yes, he was. Yes, yes. I, I forgot, forgot about, about that. that in
3: high school, yes. He's done a lot of jobs, and so we can forgive his changing interests. Our interests change with the seasons, Uh that's fine. But Kevin has, at least internally within this season, Archie and Really, generally speaking, we know Archie's a family man. He wants, uh, he's like, you know, oppressively, morally righteous. Um, You know, we know, like, the characters are consistent. Veronica's kind of a sassy bitch. Betty has the darkness. Kevin, what is Kevin's deal? It's like, okay, you're like this insecure, like, Gay, musical theater loving cop who, like, (laughs) immediately and very easily aligns with, like, the most whatever evil force comes to town because you have no values and no
2: principles. Yep. Except for cruising in the woods because he's a husky boy. That's all we really know about Kevin. All we know
3: about Kevin is that he's damaged. Like, that's all we know. (laughs)
2: Damn He's just—he just
3: gets more damage as time goes by. I yes. hate Kevin. I'm sorry. I
2: know this is—it's sad. It's this it- sad. With the melancholy here at Riverdale Roundup, do we say that we hate Kevin? And you know what? It had nothing to do with his performance. No. of American Psycho because like he was doing a fine job of it, but still, it wasn't adding into. So essentially, how did they jam American Psycho into this? <laughs> they had it as a performance at Slaughtercon. What else was going on at Slaughtercon? There were many different little classes. I don't know what 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 you call them. Little. Shows that they put on. Uh-huh. So we've got American Psycho, the musical. We have at some point, Betty is going to be interviewed by her mother about, her about time at the, the well. About girl down the well <laughs> with TBK.
3: With, a, with for uh, some reason, a rotary phone. Uh, plugged in and hooked up in between the two yes. of them. I guess that's Taking not so calls. unsurprising because they want the whole thing, right? Is to lure TBK. and so they, so yeah, so so they have the this this phone set up and of course tbk does indeed call but yeah this the scene where alice is interviewing betty is just like i love that they're like you know what of course this doesn't make any sense from a journalism point of view from even like a production point of view
2: um it, like, but well, let's do it anyway. Oh, that's right. There's also the Black Hood cosplay, and there's a Griffins and Gargoyles tournament as well happening at SlaughterCon. Now, the Black Hood cosplay comes into play because there's one dude that just keeps showing up with real weapons for Betty to sign. Because now, Betty in this world of serial killer fans is a goddess because not only did she get away from TBK, but she also is a killer herself. So this whole episode was really, it was Betty struggling with, am I just the, the dark? Like, you're not Batman, Betty. Like, it gets to a point, too, where you're like, oh, Betty's right. love this. Veronica, at one point, was like, Betty, I've killed more people than you I know. Have. I actually enjoyed so- that quite
3: a lot. <laughs> like, this episode, one good thing in this episode was both Archie and Veronica being like, Betty... Just fucking relax, all right? You're not that dark. Like, you, you're, she, she keeps doing. I have dark thoughts. Well, you have dark thoughts because you were put in a well by a serial killer. Like, that's okay. Yes. Like, and you
2: were groomed by your father <laughs> to be a serial killer as well. Fine. Yes, yeah, you got problems. You got
3: trauma. You don't need to call it dark thoughts, Betty. We can call it trauma. But instead, she's just like, spends the whole episode, basically, I mean, and the whole season and the whole series, but basically implying she's like one small step away from becoming a serial killer herself. But that's never really been that true. She's just been like kind of sad and depressed and traumatized and happens to have been the victim of at least two serial killers. Yes.
2: And also has to deal with a lot like it's like, you know, remember when her mom really has gone off the rails like three or four times? every time. She's got kind of has a lot to deal with, and remember when like her boyfriend, she found her boyfriend all like mutilated. Yeah, her um, sister
3: was killed by like a a group of. Wood dwellers, is that
2: (laughs) yes? You are that is right, (laughs) yes. The orphaned, um, ancestral clan of blossoms that live in the woods, one of the many populations that live in the woods in Riverdale, yeah. But they have been dropping a lot, and I, uh, so if we are to be correct, there's only one more episode of Riverdale left, (laughs) and so. Why do you think then? So we need to talk about Agent Drake. There's so much that we need to talk. Okay, wait. Let's get let's get yeah. one thing out of the fucking way. <laughs> and that is the power of song via unions, <laughs> via mind control. Can we please talk about part of this episode? Because remember, Archie's still fighting Percival about the unions and the construction site to build the ghost train. And so- personal goes and he mind-controls all of the workers to go and work for him again, but then his nose starts to bleed. So you know that it takes a lot out of him to mind-control that many people at once. But how do they tether them back, MJ? How do they get the construction workers back through the power of song? So Archie shows up. Oh! Archie shows up with his guitar and starts singing, what is it, Bread and Roses? Bread and Roses, which is like
3: a real... Like union, like a it's a real political protest song from that that whose origins go back to 1911, and is like a real you know the phrase bread and roses is like a real thing, um you know about like uh you know bread and roses bread for all roses too about like right you know workers' rights and abundance and dignity and like so they somebody in that writers' room knows. Something about unions, which is just a delight, but also so
2: confusing. They left their dignity at the door for this one. <laughs> and while singing, Brett. so he shows up and he's singing is song. And then Tabitha and Tony are by him and they all hold hands. And they bring the families of all of the construction workers to try with the power of song to tether them back to reality so they stop working for Percival. This is just... Three minutes of this episode, by the way, and all, I'm uh, you haven't seen this ep- this season of Stranger
3: Things, right? No, I haven't. <sighs> so I'm not gonna. This is it's very hard because there is some strange parallelism going on Ooh. thematically between this season of Stranger Things and um, this season of Riverdale in terms of the power of. S- Spoil- Can I give like a, a spoiler for Stranger? I allow of it. the Stranger Things? Okay. I'll allow it. Spoiler for the next 10 seconds. Mute it if you don't want to hear a slight spoiler for Stranger Things season four. Like the idea of a song as a tether back to reality is something that exists in both seasons and ah. it's really strange to have it be done very well in season four of stranger things and then have it just be done incredibly
2: poorly Do the exact slap same it around idea. the tether oh man are they just like ah oh, yeah no that's a tether and then uh- Bring in baby Anthony. Yeah, no, it's a fake baby Anthony, but yeah, bring him in. It's a tether. We need all these tethers.
3: So many tethers. Well, yeah, well, this it. this
2: 1911
3: old protest song is like an emotional tether for all of these people in Riverdale. Okay, sure. You have whatever. Love yes. it. Yes. Love it slash <laughs> hate it.
2: Oh, I hated it. I was so, <laughs> I was so angry. I had to pause the show. I had to text MJ and then I had to yell about how angry. I was like, oh, God. It should
3: have been a song that needs something to Riverdale. Not that I don't love a protest song. I do. But like, it should have been, I don't
2: know. Any, oh, God, what would it have been? I mean, or <laughs> I could associated- they have figured out like... If it's a musical episode, why didn't they, couldn't they have figured out something with American Psycho? Like something? Bring in something? American
3: Psycho. Right. Yeah. Because it would have been, I mean, I I feel like I associate Riverdale with like in season one when they did the like sugar, sugar, like performance of yes. the football
2: game. Yes. You know, like
3: I feel like that's what it should have been, but that wouldn't make cherry any fucking bomb. sense
2: Um Yeah. It's just him singing Cherry <laughs> Bomb alone. <laughs> And I would I would actually have understood that more than Bread and Roses. Right.
3: Like, wouldn't that have made more sense than Bread and Roses, even though it it is so confusing to have a show that is about this season is about like a war between heaven and hell and and like serial killer resurgence and then have the other plot line just be like also unions are really good. Let's bring Can a bunch I tell of really you, specific political. You you're
2: talking references. about the writers knowing about the new unions. This is my nugget that I found out over the weekend that Please. I can't believe I didn't know this about Riverdale and the writers room of Riverdale. In the Riverdale writers room, they have like 14 people and each person writes the lines for specific characters, what rather than cohesively writing the story what together, I'm sure at some point they get together to put it together, but they have different writers for different characters. What on the show to keep the like the character solid throughout. But doesn't wow. it make sh-
3: that makes, so much that sense everything. of why it's
2: so unhinged? I was like, how did I not wow. know this? Also, it makes right, for, so much sense.
3: I don't know if this is the case. I don't know how it goes. Maybe it changes by show. I thought that the industry standard for a network show was that one usually one writer writes an episode. Like, I
2: think one writer is in charge of the episode, so it comes down to the like they right. are the one that provides the cohesion. Yeah, but I think on the whole they all write the different characters or at least this is what I've heard Uh and it just makes so much more sense of why like I love, you know, we love Cheryl. Cheryl is always, yes, because her dialogue is Cheryl. always good. This is the thing. Wow.
3: Yes. It the makes only so consistent much more thing sense. in Riverdale is their dialogue. The stories yes. make no fucking sense. Wow. Yes. Oh my God. I can't believe I didn't
2: know this before. It's like
3: the last five years of our lives have been worth it. They have been
2: explained. It makes sense. Oh my God. I was God. like, oh, okay. Oh my wow. god. Yeah, this so, makes so, cuz jugging is always I'm glad you're just as Jughead. excited. <laughs> yes, I I'm so excited stunned. that you're just as excited as I was to find out about this.
3: I am st- because I was excited... like I have a friend who writes uh for uh you know like a network like uh, kind of it's on whatever is ABC or CBS and you know she gets every for, per season she'll get like one episode that she's the writer on, right? right. And it's like she is in charge. She you know, she like yeah, and like you said they all work together, but there's like one main writer for the episode and that's what I've always assumed that because especially because it's a network show I don't know how it, if it works if it's different by across you know industries or whatever but like I just always assumed okay this is a network show 22 episodes they probably have a writer's room and then they probably rotate who writes each but like that to have it, it oh my god because their dialogue is truly the only consistent thing in the show yes wow Wow, Dude. what a bizarre way to organize a
2: collective writing experience. It's like yes. a fucking party game, you know? It's like- Yes! <laughs> Which makes me then, weirdly enough, love it even more. Like, I, I'm like, okay, okay, I'm back in the game. Yeah. Because then watching this episode, it makes so much more sense, too, where you, like, Lily Reinhart, I love the writing for Lily Reinhart. Definitely. I think that she is killing it, like, this whole episode, so it's whether or not she's dark Betty or not. And she's also dealing with the fact that she's not only dangling herself as bait for TBK, she has to step in for Kevin during a whole performance of American Psycho, which that alone, I was like, that's a theater person's nightmare (laughs) when you're not even an understudy, but you have to just step in and just sing all of the music for someone else in the lead of a musical. But why does Kevin drop out of the musical? We haven't even talked about it yet is the fact that Cheryl finds out that T.T. and Fangs are getting married because T.T. comes, and of course, Cheryl's like, here's my new girlfriend, though, Heather. Uh, I are. And so T.T. invites both of them to her bachelorette party. But Cheryl, of course, scorned lover. What does she do? She teams up with Kevin. Again, Kevin, who is currently uh, like having sex with Percival Pickens, and they decide to put a curse On Titi and Fang's relationship to drive a wedge in between Fang's and Titi, and they don't know what's going to happen. So they end up, they put the curse on them, and they're like, we don't know what the wedge is going to be, but what does the wedge end up being? It is that baby Anthony starts dying.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And so then they're
2: like, oh, no, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. We didn't want to kill the baby. It's like, yes, Kevin, the baby that you are going to trial to obtain, you're just gonna put a curse on the family.
3: Yeah, right. Oh, I love this baby so much. I'm gonna put a curse on their family. Like that doesn't make any sense. Kevin is evil, like inconsistently evil. You yeah, know, is evil. but evil nonetheless. Yeah, and so so Tony and Fangs are like, oh, help us, Cheryl. T- the baby won't stop crying. And she's like, sure, here's this witch you've never met uh, who claims to be a midwife and a yes. night nurse. And yes. just let her create a tonic and give it to your baby. And they're like... Oh, thank God. He's been quiet ever since you gave him the tonic. And I
2: spent the next 10 minutes being like, oh my God, is Heather evil? Is the baby dead? Yeah. Yes. Did they? Did she kill the baby? Because remember when in that scene, Cheryl's like, oh, she went out to the greenhouse and created a cocktail. And then it had a flashback. flashback. What would that? what can you explain that flashback to me? Jeff asked me, and we, like Jeff is the steel trap. When I was like, ah, uh, if you're asking me, and I was like, I feel like that that was a flashback to Cheryl talking about making a poison from her yeah I- greenhouse. Because remember, like old was like I think it was bet like evil twin daddy time period when we found out that Cheryl's mother was making yeah poisons. With like, with the stuff she had in the greenhouse. So I thought that that was a flashback to that. Which is why I also kind of thought that baby Anthony was about to die. Yeah. But they didn't kill off baby Anthony, which would have been, it would have been a weird move of Riverdale (laughs) to kill off that baby. I will say that, that would have been quite- an interesting choice. Especially since the made.
3: baby is explicitly the hope of Riverdale, you know, the hope like of Riverdale the
2: hope for the future. I know because baby Anthony, yes, has to be like the guiding light, has to be the Jesus Christ, <laughs> I guess, for the next episode. I don't know what's going to end up happening with baby Anthony, but yes, he is the hope of Riverdale. So now they're all saved and they're all fine. And while this slaughter con is going on, which we didn't even get to the fact that Agent Drake, so remember Agent Drake is the sexy FBI agent that Betty's been talking to. We called the fact that, like, obviously they're kind of falling for each other. She's a very attractive FBI agent. She's, like, Betty feels like she's the only one that she can show Dark Betty to, and she's the only one that she can really talk to about anything. And what does Agent Drake do at SlaughterCon but put on a presentation on Hybristophilia which is a sexual a sexual interest in and attraction to those who commit crimes a and um in a paraphilia in which sexual arousal, facilitation, and attainment of orgasm are responsive to and contingent upon being with a partner known to have committed a crime, i.e., a serial killer, i.e., Betty
3: Cooper. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, right. So this was really an Agent Drake heavy episode. We got to see her do this little presentation. She was kind of like, "Oh, I'm like Miss Expert." And I a couple of episodes ago, I said that she had a a, a Zoe De Chanel vibe, but what I meant to say was that she has a Dakota Johnson vibe. She's like a Ooh, you know, yes. Like yes,
2: I could totally see that. Right.
3: And so she's like, "Oh, I'm like mysterious and like, no one knows who I am or why I'm here." And then the other important thing about Agent Drake in this episode is that she you know, Lily Reinhardt can just act the shit out of anything. And so she, she Agent gone. Drake comes on to Betty and she's like, I'm attracted to you. And Betty's like, Hoo-hoo. Ooh, me. Ooh. And Agent Drake Ooh. is like, yeah. And Betty's like, Oh, well, I'm so flattered, but I'm with Archie and I'm not interested. And Drake is like, are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure I get like big vibes from you. And Betty's like me, me. vibes, <laughs> and then she has like a like a. I
2: love this reenactment, <laughs> by the way. Like, me vibes.
3: I'm, I like. I love Lily Reinhardt's like. I'm flirting with you, Face. I like find it to be very charming very and charming. also sexy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then she has like a, it's not exactly a sex dream, but it's like a post sex dream about Agent Drake. And then she tells Veronica, and she's like, "I maybe I want to go bang Agent Drake, and maybe it's like not working out with Archie." And Veronica's like, "Slow down, like cool out. Who is this lady anyway? Like Veronica, yes. voice of reason."
0: BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022
2: Except Veronica oversteps a motherfucking yes. boundary. Yes. Because what ends up happening is that yeah. Veronica, unasked for, yeah, that's true. goes up to Agent Drake and is like, stay away from Betty. Betty doesn't want to fuck you. <laughs> yes. You need to like slow your roll. Yeah. And how fucking dare she? Because don't you speak for somebody else's loins. Thank you very much, Veronica. Yeah. Keep your nose out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why she needs Betty to be with Archie so bad. Like, she's all of a sudden just like, you can't leave Archie. Like, I was like, Veronica, it was like, how many episodes ago that you were like, we were end game? Like, we're the end game. And now you don't want Betty leaving Archie for any reason, even though Betty obviously is sexually interested in Agent Drake, as well as possibly interested in TBK. Right. Yeah. Right. Because as. Betty sat in for Kevin when she like went to go sing right. She was singing this song about like being like the 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 girl for you. I don't know. It's some song from American Psycho, the musical. Yeah,
3: it's like "Will You?" A girl you really before like is what me. it's called. Yeah, the theme of the song is like, "Are you gonna be there for me?" And who is it who asks? Like, are you singing that about Archie? Are you singing that about TBK?
2: That was Agent Drake yeah. that asked her about it because she was obviously thinking about somebody as she sang the song from American Psycho, and um through like a through line of this obviously with hyperstophilia, as well as like with agent drake not only being attracted to betty who is a quote serial killer of sorts or at least of the mind <laughs> that betty is also in love with and tbk is in love with betty right now TBK makes no bones about it. He calls and is just constantly like, we could be the best super couple of serial killers if you could just be with me. And you know what I mean? He's got the bod for it, but he's just giving off kind of creepy vibes and maybe she's not into it, but he's really not taking the hint, which is why he also then, he's not showing up. They're doing all this bait. Kevin keeps singing and TBK (laughs) just is not showing up and we don't know how to get him to show up. But of course, again, Because of the Black Hood cosplay, there is the dude that keeps showing up with weapons that people keep thinking is TBK, but it's not. It's just this dude who's obsessed with the Black Hood trying to get Betty to sign old weapons of the Black Hood. But I will say as someone that has gone to many cons, they make sure your weapons aren't real before (laughs) you come into the con. So maybe they should really hire the security of the con to make sure that people are bringing in... Fake weapons, especially and not when real the whole weapons. point of the con is to attract an actual serial killer. Yeah, you think they'd be watching out for people more rather than just like having Archie there every once in a while when he's not singing to tether the construction workers back to reality. But right, maybe you should be there more, Archie. But like, is there any like reason to
3: think that Betty? is attracted to TBK. Obviously she's obsessed with him in a way, but like I felt like that was kind of one of these things that Riverdale just kind of threw in to see if it'll stick. I think
2: that they might be starting to do the confusion of, uh like for Betty of obsession and love. Uh-huh. Of like maybe she is so obsessed with him because she does love him, you know, munchausens or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, of like maybe they he saw in her what she's always saw, like seen in herself, mm-hmm. which is what her, her big issue with Archie is. Right. Archie doesn't see the darkness. He doesn't see the darkness. But then they actually had a really good conversation because Veronica, one of the few things that she did say that was right when she was like, why don't you talk to Archie about yes. how you're feeling rather than just being upset and like all this Agent Drake stuff, why don't you talk to him about yes. it? Yes, And that's essentially what she says to him. Like, you've never accepted the darkness in me and i actually thought it was a really good scene because archie's like no you don't understand i see the light in you and i want to bring the light of you out and i almost like cried <laughs> because it made it was like it was a pretty good scene between yeah. the two of them. Yeah. And I thought that that was a great character development for them because you're right. Like, he, yes, he doesn't cradle your darkness the way Agent Drake and the way TBK does, but Archie does believe that you are a good person at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, and he knows you really well and he's been there for all the dark shit that happens. So it's not like he's in denial about it. Right. accept the fact that he's Archie and he's kind of in denial about everything, but like, you know, yeah, like I, I agree and I thought it was nice that Veronica was like, Archie and I didn't have enough conversations about the state of our relationship, and so you... Should like you can save you can do what we didn't you know and like save your yeah. relationship which is nice because I like Archie and Betty together and I want them to stay I don't want Betty to be like oh I mean unless we open it up and they stay together and she's like but I will also want to go fuck Agent Drake that would be fun yeah and then please. Archie will be like okay I'll go make out
2: with Jughead and like that would be fine yes please <laughs> yeah because we haven't seen we, Jughead is not in this episode because he's just too busy just he's just down there. In the bunker yeah. listening to all the voices of Riverdale by himself. But
3: it, we we cannot forget, please, to talk about the
2: scene. A- the Bachelorette party. Yes. Thank you. Because uh, this is what I was saying before about. I was so upset. See, all these things. <laughs> We're talking about all these great things in the episode. And then you have the the bread and roses tether. And then you have this ooh, this bachelorette party made me so mad. I loved it.
3: Because Veronica had just been a massive bitch to Agent Drake and was like, keep your fucking pussy away from my friend, bitch. Yes. And then
2: in the next And on scene- top of it, Cheryl also just put a curse on TT and her fiance and her child. Yep. But don't worry, they all come to the bachelor party. They are all, I will say- Looking great, they look great. Lily Reinhardt, oh, looked Lily great. Reinhardt, it looks great, sparkly blazer. Wow, yes, wow, yes, I, you know, it's just something that, like it. It is, I realize what it is is that I have a crush on Lily Reinhardt and not on Betty, yeah. So I think that, like, in my brain, you see her in that kind of outfit, and I'm just like, yo, 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 like, I forget. Yeah, I like older
3: Betty. So I have a crush on older Betty more than younger. Because younger Betty always yes. dressed, they always dressed her in those annoying girl so next down, door. Yes. Yeah. But like, so older Betty, it's like she's got like sassier hair and like better yes. outfits. And she's always yes. wearing she's like dark. professional clothes and she's dark. Yes. And uh, yeah, but so, that, <laughs> so they're all in the champagne suite. And Veronica, as she does, gives her little speech and she's like, all right, ladies, who I just cursed out and some of whom have just put actual curses on each other, Katie Keens sent us some outfits from Lacy. Lacy, And then all the girls are just like, eh! and it's like the type of girl friendships that I haven't really had much in my life. Partially, I think because the way that they're depicted here at Riverdale, they don't exist. But the kind of like, you know, the like,
2: we're all having champagne and dressing up. Yes. They're like dancing on each other and they're all just like, we're having such a great time. Which I just that's just not the kind of parties I do. That's what you and I are gonna do in Nashville, right? Is that what we're doing in Nashville? (laughs) Should I bring my glitter outfits and we go? Ah. And they sang this song from American Cycle that I'm assuming is sung by the victims of American Cycle the Musical. I'm not familiar with American Cycle the Musical. It's called You Are What You Wear. And they're just it's just them singing about brands and how like they're into nice things. And I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. I hate this bachelorette party, and I hate. This song, I got, I hated st- the I got song. really mad. I liked really the mad. bachelorette
3: party, but I hated the song. But I think I just liked it because it was so stupid. I actually felt like that song had been sung on Riverdale before, but I must be wrong about that. Somewhere, somehow, I have heard that song, and the song is terrible. It's There's no words to it aside from just singing the names of brands and then them being like, I love these brands. Like, it is... Absolutely baffling that it's a song and somehow I know the song and the, the whole so the bachelorette party starts with them all in the champagne suite like having a great girl time together even though half of them hate each other and then ending up on stage performing right. Like they performed that at the con, or was that just part of the fantasy? No,
2: they just burst. I think they they burst out of the con, (laughs) and that they were then they're in the con singing the song, and they've got all their sexy clothes on. And I don't know. I was just so upset. Who are all these people? Why are all these people in the casino still? Is the con still happening? Are they in the middle of the performance of the of the show? Like I don't get it.
3: Yeah, I that, I just assumed it was a performance at the con because it made no I mean it made no sense. They were all singing no privately sense. in their
2: room and then yes. the next thing you knew it was singing for a uh, Audience, Why do I still get angry, MJ? Like, right. Why do I still, like, why do I let it get to right. me so hard? It's
3: Riverdale and it's a musical, so it doesn't need to make sense But on the one hand. But on the other hand, like, they went to such meticulous lengths to make the other musical numbers make sense. They're like, it's not like they just burst into song in a Riverdale musical. They always are like, we're about to sing because we're going to do a tether for the workers. We're about right. to sing because Kevin's putting on this musical. Right. And, and here it was just like, we're just singing. <laughs> We're just singing at our bachelorette party, uh, privately. Privally. But also, it's a performance. There's just, you know, there you can't you can't hope for. You can't be mad when there's no
2: consistency in Riverdale because you can't no, hope for consistency in you Riverdale. Can't, you're right. It's my hope that's the problem. Yeah, hope I is need always to the just problem. just stamp out that light of positivity yeah. when it comes to Riverdale and just let it wash over me. Yeah. And I will say that I wish that I had taken my own advice when the scene ended up happening. So this is after Betty does her performance at SlaughterCon, right? And then it's all of the girls – and, there, and the, like that's when Agent Drake was like, who are you singing that song to? Were you singing it to Archie or were you singing it to TBK? And I was mad because they showed none of Lily Reinhardt's performance of American Psycho. And I was like, oh, you're just going to go right past it? That doesn't make any sense. And Betty gets this like faraway look in her eyes and it backtracks to her singing the song TBK showing up, and actually, the end of this episode was gripping. I truly enjoyed what ended up happening with TBK, because her singing A Girl before, it the bait was too much for him, so he shows up, and then he goes to Betty's house. This is after she has a dream... That she's shtupin' Agent Drake, which, man, I wish they gave us more in the dream. Yeah. And not just it to be the morning after. I was like, please. Yeah. I just need to see it. I'm a little horn dog. (laughs) Show me the (laughs) shtup. I got a feeling that hopefully we'll be seeing shtup between them in the future. So it was all a dream, and she wakes up. And she looks out the window and she sees TBK at her house. Cause remember, she lives at Archie's house now. So she runs over to her old house. She sees Charles and Alice Cooper tied up with bags over their head, duct taped around their head because they were about to die at the dinner table. Very creepy. Yeah. Betty rips open the bags and Alice Cooper's like, he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you in the garage. So she goes out to the garage, which is where the grooming of being a serial killer began. Right. By Hal Cooper from the very beginning. Right. And a whole dinner is set up, which also I had the question of like, did TBK make all this food? Did he get takeout <laughs> and set up this food? Because- Mazel, <laughs> I, or unless he made the whole meal while he while she was there performing, and and I, I'm impressed. <laughs> he's got roses out. He's got the whole thing because he's courting Betty, right, right? Right. He wants to have. He wants them to join forces, right? And then next to her meal, he sets up a which you know what well made papier mache <laughs> TBK mask for her Uh to wear as well, kind of (laughs) sweet present on a first date, which is really sweet. And I don't, but how do you feel? So this is all going on while she's singing the song from like her performance. So it was, and she ends up using, she took the gun that the person had brought to be the black hood cosplay that tried to get her to sign it. She'd taken that gun from that dude, so she has a gun on her. And it's the
3: real gun that Hal had
2: used. Yes, the actual gun, and she has it loaded on her, and she ends up shooting TBK only once. And I was wait, I'm like, wait, when is he going to pop back I up? I know, I know. When is he going to pop back up? She only shot him once. When is he going to pop back up? He doesn't pop back up. Right. And he dies in the garage. Right. I am shocked that agent drake has nothing to do with this or does she that we know of right i'm shocked that he's dead or is he right and we don't know who he is still and we don't know who he is how did she not immediately go over there and rip off that i mast? know i know even if they didn't show us at least show her ripping off the
3: mask and being like oh, and then have that be the cliffhanger yes. right that was like a bizarre choice not to do that yes like why didn't they do that and right so that was kind of kind of yeah i support that in terms of stakes and plot and whatever because it made it be that like he basically made her be a killer again, right? But Because c- like, okay, are you going to like join me and be a killer with me or are you going to be a killer by killing me? Right. You know, so that's like a nice little device. But Betty is a killer. Yeah, she's already, already been a killer, but she's usually been a killer for good anyway. This is her thing. Like, she's not a serial killer. She's like a superhero, you know? She's like, yeah, I kill- She's a killer of good. Yeah, I kill killer for good, good. <laughs> you know? Like, we don't condone it necessarily, but we can get behind it. Like, I mean, who all has Betty killed? I was thinking about this when Veronica's like, I've killed my father, my husband, and, uh, and Geraldo Geraldo. accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. Like, I, I know, well, she's killed her father. She killed her father. Right. But again, that was for good. Yes. Now she's killed TBK for good. Yes. She killed, did they kill that guy who they thought was TBK? You know, the Lonely Highway guy?
2: I don't remember. Mm. Oh wait, no, she tortured, tortured him, him. Remember?
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. The guy who was part of the crew that killed her
2: sister. Yes, yeah. yeah. Did they kill?
3: Killed him? him. Killed him.
2: Yes, yeah. I'm going through. Um, there is a list of who has died on Riverdale and who has killed. Oh, thank God, the person on Riverdale. So that's what I'm looking. Oh, I forgot. TT's a killer, um, and Teeth. Penelope Blossom killing a lot of people. Hiram killing a lot of people. Veronica. Who Titi kill? TT killed Uncle Bedford. Ah, uh. hit him with a candlestick. <laughs> killed him. Then this is so. Oh God. Oh yeah. So, and then no. I guess that's it with Betty.
3: Betty has just killed the that guy.
2: Oh my her, God! Her Remember dad. La Yorona? L- Remember those episodes? Vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. To <laughs> this be honest, is, uh, no. No, Betty. Kills Archie Andrews in a headshot. Oh, that's in some in a Jughead the Jughead paradox. That was a li- That was a lie. Kill. All right. I think that's, that's it. All right.
3: Yeah. So whatever you killed the serial killer. You're a fucking cop. Of course you killed the serial killer. Like that's your job. Yeah. You've been hunting this guy. But it, it's presented as a moral dilemma, and it's pretty compelling. Like okay, you have to become a killer now. And then what happens? She goes in and she just like tells her mom, and it's like I killed that guy and then and they're like
2: oh good <laughs> and then this is why so this is where jeff like i love it when he yells about riverda cuz usually he's, he remains mostly quiet and then afterwards when she's talking with archie when archie's like i see the light in you i know that you're a killer and Ar- and jeff is just like she should be at the police station. <laughs> oh, they're not going to bring her in for questioning? There's not going to be a conversation over who They never. Is? Why is she just sitting there talking about this with Archie? There's never any follow-up when someone <laughs> has killed on Riverdale. Like, Geraldo? Zero follow-up None follow-up. Oh, yeah. man, I also forgot that Dr. Curdle Jr. put on a part of the SlaughterCon as well where he was showing people how to do an autopsy. Autopsy. Yeah, that was Yes, cute. I forgot about that. And I love I love Dr. Curdle Jr. I, know. I was hoping that Dr. Curdle Jr. would find love, not in a hopeless place, but find it at SlaughterCon. I was like, if there is a woman or a man for for um Dr. Curdle Jr. It would be at SlaughterCon. Yeah. And I was waiting
3: for him to find love. Yeah. I was hoping for that too. I really wish nothing but the best for Dr. Curdle. Remember that we, when we learned he's like a fan, he's a stand for, uh, oh, what was there? Was like some performance, like a pop group. Oh, yes, that he really loved. And he was like, I love them. I was like, yeah, it's a little character development Um, for Dr. Curdle Jr. Jr.
2: Um, I love that we, I don't give a fuck about his first name. (laughs) I love how creepy he is. I love that he was a part of the performance at SlaughterCon. And that's why Like really wrestling with the fact of, do I love this episode or do I hate this episode? I loved it, but I hated parts of it. It sounds like you loved it, but you hated this the bread and roses. Bread and roses scene. don't even get me started. Oh, don't even get me started. And the bachelorette party really and did also the fill party. me with fury.
3: Both of which are fair to hate. I did not hate either of those scenes as much as you did, but I think I hated the whole episode slightly more than you did. Mm. Just because, you know, I just want them, I want it to be less confusing, <laughs> but that's perhaps just uh, too big of an ask. yes.
2: Yeah, I think it is. Wanna
3: understand what's going on. I was glad how little Percival there was in this episode.
2: I want that so guy. So happy fucking about it. I shot can't wait for space. him to be gone. Get rid of him. I yes. Edgar Everett Everham. Just get, yeah. like or at least pretend like he's going yeah. to space. Literally and him in shoot space. him. Just get him out of here. Yeah. Done with Percival. Yeah. But I, well, we don't have an episode next week. We do have an episode the following week. I don't know if that's the last one. Okay. All right. So we got another week off. Interesting. We got another week off. Very interesting move, Riverdale, how you parcel it out and make us wait for our nuggies. <laughs> our little nuggies of the fight our between heaven and nubs. hell. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us on this, man, all over the place emotionally, episode of Riverdale Roundup. And we didn't even say that like we did get the kiss finally between Heather and Cheryl. Heather's still on the fence about her. Yeah.
3: I'm not liking Talk Heather. About not trusting someone. That bitch has something up her sleeve. I'm still not convinced that she didn't poison that baby. She's hiding something. If she's not hiding, she's something, hiding
2: something, the actor is just playing her as if she's or hiding me. something. There was in that kiss, I think that's why I wasn't as excited about the, like, the fun extra queerness of this episode because there was not a sizzle not a lick of passion I know. in that kiss. I was just like, it looked like two pieces of cardboard and you're kissing Cheryl. Yeah. Give me a break. I would have just been like, yeah. yeah. I'm in love with Cheryl. I know. And she'd never, she's too good for me. She'd never have me and that's okay. I know, but I need the passion. Yeah. It's, there's no passion between Heather and Cheryl.
3: I don't know where they're going with that storyline. I don't know. If I don't know if we're there and this is it, or if they're taking us somewhere else. Dunno. I truly, every time they're on stage together or in the in a scene together, I'm just like,
2: where? What? Why? Who cares? Why is this so weird? Yes, it's so uncomfortable. And in this episode, Cheryl showed Heather a painting she had made of the two of them as little girls, and that kind of creeped me out too. <laughs> Uh, I was just like, can't you just pay yourself now? I think they just need to like admit
3: to each other that they're both gay but don't like each other. Like, I don't. Think and that's that, okay. Yeah, that's fine. You just because you made out when you were in seventh grade and now you're adults and you both want to be witches. Like, I think you guys want to be friends. Yes. I don't think you want to be kiss partners, you know?
2: No, she's still so hung up on TT that she put a curse On the family. (laughs) I think that she needs a little bit more time. (laughs) Even though it
3: has been seven years. Seven
2: years! So maybe she needs Heather to just, like, open it up a little bit. Fry open those lips a little bit. Get in there. Um, It has been seven years. I forget about that, MJ. I forget that it has been seven years. It's easy to forget. Gotta get over it. Well, thank you guys so much again for joining us for Riverdale Roundup. And we will be back in a couple of weeks. And thank you, MJ. And we love you guys so much.
3: Love you guys. Bye. Bye. I'm
2: a a